0: Friends and welcome to the Reclaim App podcast and our New Year's episode. Happy New Year to all those who are listening as well as watching. As once again we are video recording this episode, so you can also check us out at YouTube.com forward slash at Reclaim App. Today I'll be sharing a short message and some reflections on the Bible's book of Ecclesiastes where in chapter 3 we find one of the most popular and familiar biblical passages that over the centuries has created word pictures, moving many to express these words in our culture through artwork, poetry, and song. The theme of this passage is time, and as we enter into a new year, this idea of time seems to become more prevalent as we contemplate the past, consider the present, and wonder together about the future. In the Bible's book of Ecclesiastes, we read that there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, Humanity resonates with these words, because although we may not always understand or agree with the time these things happen, we understand that they do happen. These words express our own life experiences. In the Bible's book of Genesis, we find the first record of time and the changes that happen day to day from morning to night, making up a seven-day week. Humanity building on this understanding has been developing the way we measure time from as far back as 1500 BC, with the first sundials and water clocks being used. For most of humanity's existence, time has been considered to be cyclical and rhythmic, following the seasons and the general idea that history repeats itself. However, in our modern era, as we get closer and closer to measuring the precise time of any given moment, more people are moving away from this idea that time is only cyclical and are seeing time as something linear, always moving forward. In 2023, we are able to measure time all the way back down to a zeptosecond, which is a trillionth of a billionth of a second. Now, as I've contemplated my own understanding of time this week and this idea that perhaps time is more linear than cyclical, it strikes me that this may not be such a new thought. For God, time is not cyclical, in the sense that humanity exists only to stay in a constant state of repetition. For God, time is linear, history is always moving forward, and everything we do, each zeptosecond, counts forever. And now we're not talking about the mountaintop moments or the great things you've accomplished in your life. We're talking about the everyday moments, even the ones that feel mundane and without purpose. You, your time, the days God has ordered and ordained for you, they count forever. Because for God, time is eternal. Yet it's so easy for us to forget this. To remember that we are living out a huge vision something eternal and what we see and experience right now is only temporary and a few parts of the whole picture when we live with this narrow view it can cause us a great deal of angst which we see play out in the other parts of this book Ecclesiastes also draws on humanity's experiences of life under the heavens and looks closely at this idea of our sense of purpose and well-being. This book is an autobiographical narrative written by Koheleth. Koheleth, meaning teacher, appears to be a wise and wealthy man who has spent his life in the pursuit of knowledge and wisdom. This pursuit has led him to write about his investigations into the meaning of life and how to live life the best way possible with the time we are given. He compares the life of those who are wise and those who are foolish, those who are righteous and those who are wicked. He looks at this contrast and comes to the conclusion that no matter how much time a person is given on this earth, both paths are vain, futile, meaningless, and that ultimately we all suffer the same fate of death. Right from the opening verses of this book, we read, Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. And in the middle of the book, we read, For who knows what is good for a person in life during the few and meaningless days they pass through like a shadow? Who can tell them what will happen under the sun after they are gone? The book as a whole is quite dark and heavy, as Koheleth's investigations into the meaning of life brings him much angst. And throughout the centuries, as God's people have engaged in these writings, we find more often than not that we too resonate with this angst, with the heaviness and the darkness either in our own lives or in the lives of others and the world around us. And along with Koheleth, we find ourselves asking the universal questions of why God, why this life, in the end, what is it all for? Now, what may be surprising to know is that throughout what appears to be a very pessimistic and cynical book, we find the Hebrew word for good used 52 times. Koheleth does seem to find relief from his angst in honoring the simple pleasures of life. He writes, What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. Yet He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. We get a glimpse throughout this narrative that against the backdrop of a meaningless life, there is good, something positive and life-affirming, a sense of hope, that perhaps God really is at work, making everything beautiful in His time, as promised. In our culture and contemporary vocabulary, hope refers to a desire or a wish we have in respect to a future event or desired outcome. For example, we hope we get that new job. We hope we stay healthy into our old age. We hope our children grow up to be good citizens that contribute to the well-being of society. We hope, but we don't know. In the Bible, hope is referred to as the anchor for the soul. This hope embodies stability, balance, grounding, and a sense of rootedness. Rather than a posture of wishful thinking, no matter how genuine or true, it's 100% okay and good to hope for things. Yet there is a difference. Biblical hope carries with it the knowledge, certainty, and assurance that when God speaks, when God commits himself to a future course of action, like making everything beautiful in its time, there is no chance that it will not happen. Granted, It may not be in the ways and in the time frame we expect. A few, sorry, a week ago, we celebrated the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And as we gazed into the manger, sung songs with the angels that lit up the night sky, and walked with the wise men as they followed the star, we've witnessed to the light and love that pierced through the darkness on that Christmas day the light and love that dared to get involved in our lives and experience this seemingly meaningless life with us. And yet, by the very fact that God sent His one and only Son to live under the heavens with us is a testament to the good that exists, the light and love that still pierces the darkness. In Barbara Brown Taylor's book entitled Mixed Blessings, she writes, And in choosing to make His entrance in such an ordinary way, God showed us that flesh and blood, dirt and sky, life and death were good enough for him. More than that, he hallowed them, made them holy by taking part in them, and left us nothing on earth that we can dismiss as trivial or unknown to him. This world, this life, our humanity matters and is valued by God. Your life, your humanity You matter and are valued by God. God is behind you, in you, all around you, and making you and your life world beautiful in His time. And He wants you to know today, perhaps for the first time, perhaps as a reminder, that God is our living hope, our anchor for the soul And no matter how tumultuous, stormy, messy, and meaningless your life may feel right now, you can trust God's promises. You are not alone. You are deeply loved. You are seen. You are heard. And you are known by God himself, today and for all of eternity. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Happy New Year. We are so excited about 2023 and hope you'll join us on YouTube, Instagram, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please don't forget to hit the subscribe button so we can share this love with all beings everywhere. Thank you and God bless.